0: I kind of felt like I just had my body back. And then everything starts falling apart. Whatever it is you
1: find you need, make time for yourself because you're valuable. Your body is valuable. Mm -hmm. Your mind is important. You are, as a person, as a whole person Mm -hmm. are valuable and your family needs you and your community needs you Mm -hmm. and you need you. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast, where you'll find tips, encouragement, and resources to help you thrive in the midlife. Join us on Instagram at Midlife Moms Podcast or our Facebook group, Midlife Moms Community. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. My name is Amelia Rhodes, and joining me today is our co-host, Brenda Yoder. Good morning. And we are still at Brenda's house recording together in person, which is so much fun. This has
0: been a lot of fun.
1: Normally we're on zoom and I'm in Michigan and she's in Indiana, but we have a weekend together and we are just sitting here praying for you, dreaming, brainstorming and
0: having conversations about midlife. We are. And today we're going to talk about all the health pieces of midlife, which we could probably create a whole series on, but we're not going to, we're going to try and move through it all today. Yeah. Physical, mental,
1: emotional, and spiritual. And, but we should start with our laughter because that is so important for our health, right? Laughter is like medicine.
0: It is. So go for it, Brenda. So this past week, I work in an elementary school and I have a torn ACL and which keeps me, you know, kind of limited sometimes, but the majority of the time. So I, I sat down or I knelt down on the floor to actually try to, um, talk to a first grader who came in and she was kind of in a position on the floor. So I went down to talk to her and I literally could not get up. And so a friend of mine is actually the teacher. And I was like, Hey, I need you to help me get up. And she was like, Oh, you know, ha ha, ha. I was like, no, like I can't get up. Like welcome to my world. My husband usually has to help me up. Like, so, um, I can get down on the floor. Like I did when I was in my twenties, but I just can't get back up. Right.
1: So, oh no. Well, we found a new com- new to us comedian on Netflix that we've been watching and his name is Nick Bargetts. I'm okay. not sure how you say it, but it was rated like PG or PG-13. Watched him as a family with our teenagers And he was just really great, clean, funny family humor. I'll try and link to him if I can find him online in the show notes. But it was so fun to laugh as a family. Mm -hmm. And there was a segment in the one where he talked about recognizing your midlife. So he is early 40s. He's probably a couple of years younger than me. And he talked about being that sandwich generation and just some funny things with technology where you realize you can't figure it out like you used to. Yeah. So he was a lot of fun. And what I love about watching a comedian who's clean like that as a family is we keep referencing it throughout the week. And one of the things that was so funny about him is his dad is a magician. And so if our story is my father-in-law is a magician and my dad is a magician. So we just got an extra kick out of some of his stories. One of them being that he got injured once as a kid and he sh- he's at the hospital, and his dad had been in a magic show. So his dad shows up in a tux, and his mom is like in her pajamas. <laughs> and he said he, he looked like it looked like a family that didn't belong together, and the dad like wasn't paying child support. Yeah. He goes, but really, it just was my family, just at the extreme opposites. So it was fun. finding it. It's important to find those pieces that we can
0: laugh at. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Well, we'd love to hear what's making you laugh and bringing joy. So feel free to find us on Facebook, our Midlife Moms community and podcast. And we have a Laughing Wednesday where one mm-hmm. of our friends shares something that is making her laugh. And yeah. she's a comedian. She's really great. Her name is Kim. So you can join us there on Facebook or on Instagram, Midlife Moms Podcast, or email us, midlifemomspodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to laugh with you and hear what's making you yeah. laugh. Maybe we'll share yours on
0: a future episode. Yeah, we'd love to but today we're going to talk about the things that we sometimes have to laugh about, but we also have to take seriously too, which is all, which are all of the different, um, components of our health. And so let's just start off Amelia by talking about physical health. What are some of the physical, I guess, roadblocks that you have come upon again, we're, we're coming at two different spectrums. So you're starting midlife in your forties, but what I have heard Um, so from my experience, I was probably one of the older ones in my peer group going through the forties kind of by ourselves. So what I have, what I personally experienced kind of like early forties, mid forties, late forties is what I'm hearing now in friends like yourself, who are a few years younger than I am, who are experiencing those same things at about the same milestones throughout your forties. So what are some of the things that you're finding are new in midlife? Right. Some of them are just joints
1: hurt. Like they didn't Mm -hmm. used to even going up and down the stairs. I had a moment the other day where I was like, seriously, I need to take the elevator. This is not okay. My, what is wrong with my knee? And I've told my Mm -hmm. husband, I need to pay attention to this knee. I don't think I injured it or did anything, Mm -hmm. but it just feels weak at times. Memory loss there. There will be times I can't find the right word Mm -hmm. or I can't remember a name. And that is unusual for me. I always could recall that my husband Mm -hmm. says, welcome to to his world. He's always been like that, but just not being able to remember things as quickly as Mm -hmm. I could or forgetting to do things. Um, it depend on my calendar way more than I ever used to. Mm-hmm. And then just the physical slowing down of things. I don't have the energy that I used to. Mm-hmm. And I am just like a go, 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 go person. And I'm finding I can't go as long and hard as I used to. And we went on spring break. We visited some friends, didn't want to leave. So the last night we were there, we stayed up until like 3.30 in the morning, which I hadn't done in forever. Got up to drive. That same morning, like six hours later, and I feel like two weeks later, I still haven't recovered
0: from that all nighter. <laughs> so we, you know, I used to pull all nighters in college, and even with young kids, you know, you, yeah, my husband and I used to used to go at such a very high rate, and I didn't realize at what at what um, intensity really we lived at until probably got in our 40s. My husband used to milk cows. And he used to have a tour schedule of two or three times a week. He'd get up at one 30. So that's how we lived the first 20 years of our life. And he also was a dairy farmer plus a teacher. And then I was a teacher for years and we ran four kids around. And I'm just now being back in a school system after not being in a school system for a while. And I've been putting in some 12 hour days. Like I leave for work at six 30 and some days I get home because of the commute at six o'clock and I was the one who mentioned it to you. I was like, I don't know how I used to do this five days a week because I work three days a week. And you responded with, You're "Not as young as you used to be." Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, I hate that. I, I hate that. I hate that expression. But it's true. Reality um, really does dictate that in our forties. I think as women, so many things are happening, mm-hmm. and what feels so insecure that we talked about on our last episode is that. Um, you know, in your twenties and your thirties, your, your body still is kind of at this equilibrium. You're still in the prime of your childbearing capabilities and everything kind of functions around that whole thing of really, um, the reproductive cycle mm-hmm. and in your forties, all of those things then start changing. So there's paramenopause and there's, there's menopause and there's really no hard and fast, um, Sign, mark, um, signpost that yeah. says at this age, this is what will happen at this age. This is what will happen. I think that's what was so disarming for me throughout my forties mm-hmm. was I kind of felt like I just had my body back and then everything starts falling apart. Mm-hmm. Your metabolism starts slowing down. Oh, yeah. And that I think is one of the, probably the biggest sources for a lot of women is that we really probably are maybe even more self-conscious about our bodies mm-hmm. in our forties and even fifties, because, um, we finally have time to maybe think about ourselves mm-hmm. or, you know, not be running around trying to get rid of the baby fat anymore. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what t- what has been maybe helpful for you in taking care of your physical body? One of the most important things for me has been yearly doctor visits,
1: because mm-hmm. in my early to mid thirties, I was diagnosed with a hypothyroid. And so every year that forces me to go back and get that checked and do the blood work. And that has just been this forced key thing for me to have honest conversations with my doctor. And just this year, she said, it's time we get a baseline for your hormones. She mm-hmm. goes, it's probably a good idea. And so she's telling me at what time in the month I should come mm-hmm. back. And I haven't done it yet. I just haven't made the time to go back and do that fasting blood work and go at the right time of the month because it feels like so much work, Mm -hmm. but also because I think I don't want to Admit it, like that right. I'm approaching that she used the perimenopause word. Yeah, and so, but that has been important is having a relationship with a doctor and staying on top of that because I have this extra condition. Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. of my struggles is I never know is my thyroid bad because you can blame everything on your thyroid, right. <laughs> or is it just? you know, I'm retaining water. I'm not
0: eating well. Does all of those things affect my body Mm -hmm. a lot more than it used to. Yeah. And those things can actually affect in your mental health. So that's a good segue to talk about how I think our mental health plus our physical health really tie together. For me, I retained a lot of water throughout my forties and that was really hard for me. I remember thinking often, like, I feel like I'm five months pregnant because I felt bloated all the time. And so then you, you know, like one week out of the month was the only week where I felt like I actually could fit into my clothes. And then the other weeks I was either, you know, during my menstrual cycle or after that and, and was just so felt so chaotic in a lot of ways, but whether it's hormone, whether it's the, um, changing family, whether it's, loss of a parent. So in your forties and fifties, you're in the sandwich generation. So you've got a lot of different things going on, but there's um, I think there's a lot of mental pieces with mental health that really is specific to midlife Um, could be depression, anxiety, um, sadness, irritability. We'll talk about emotional health in just a little bit, but what are you finding maybe among your peer group has kind of struggle with mental health. Well, I've mentioned before that I've had a very long term battle with anxiety
1: and mm-hmm. panic attacks and was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder in my thirties. And I think because I've been open about that, I've heard a lot about anxiety and panic from women in their forties and fifties, who've never battled it before, mm-hmm. who, who come to me because I've talked about it asking questions because it's brand new to them. Mm -hmm. And it seems uncontrollable. And I think there are just triggers that we don't expect where, you know, having a days, several days long panic Mm -hmm. attack, and it feels like you're having a heart attack, that sweating, heart Mm -hmm. racing. So I've heard about a a number of women who've been taken by surprise, who have never been a worrier, never battled Mm -hmm. that until they hit their forties. And I, I wonder if, so much of it is just because you're realizing you're losing control of Mm -hmm. things. You're losing control of your body. You're losing maybe your parents. You're losing Mm -hmm. a perceived control of your children, Mm -hmm. your marriage. There's just so much that
0: changes that it can throw you for a loop. Yeah. And I think talking about the other kind of companion mental health um, issue that is often, associated with anxiety would be depression, or I would say, you know, I am a mental health professional, so I don't, I want to be careful about how we talk about these things. Mm -hmm. But um, recently I went through a spell uh, in the last two years or so where I didn't necessarily say I wasn't really depressed, but I used an older term. I called it melancholy Mm -hmm. because it wasn't like, I really was fine. It wasn't anything that was impacting my, my family life or my professional life but I, there was a lot of sadness that I was experiencing and part of it, um, was some grief. And we we'll, we've talked about grief in a prior issue or a prior, um, broadcast. And I have written a whole chapter on grief in mm-hmm. fledge, but there's all of this instability in your life. And it's really hard to know how much of it is maybe hormonal, how much of it is biological, how much it of it is life stage and um but i also just want to acknowledge that when you're feeling those depressive thoughts to not just try to push through it and handle it all yourself
1: so true so important to have places or professionals that you can go to mm-hmm. to help you sort out because when you're in the middle of it you don't know is this something physical is it my body is it just a phase
0: Long-term, right term. so don't stay silent about it. No, but and I think the other thing that I really want to um, e- express is we often throw this term around around midlife crisis. like it's kind of like the sitcom, you know, midlife crisis. But many things do feel like a crisis in your midlife because of what we've shared about kind of on the prior episode and this one of so many things are changing, we feel vulnerable. We don't feel certain and it really is a natural place where marriages break up, Mm -hmm. where we choose to do things because of how we feel in the life stage, that if we can just kind of see the long-term picture, that it's not going to be this way forever and that we can really push through with the appropriate help, Mm -hmm. um, to then get to the other side. And I, I think that's one thing I'd want to encourage anyone listening, um midlife is a huge transition stage. In fact, I have said it to multiple people. I don't think there's any other stage of your life that is so transitional as midlife.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um because, maybe it's your teenage years, which I find right. ironic
1: that you're going through it together yeah, right. if you have teens in
0: this phase of life. Yeah. Because we, um, it's almost like we grow up in your midlife. You know, it really is um, your parenting when when you yourself are fairly young, which I'm going to ask God about that when I get to heaven. Don't know why he did that. But, um, and we really kind of come to, come into our own, but we have to acknowledge there are so many moving pieces to it that we have to really just be intentional about not um, not letting it overtake our mental and our emotional health and even our physical health, that we truly have to be vigilant and taking care of ourselves. So important. And you brought up emotional health, which
1: mental and emotional health often go hand Mm -hmm. in hand. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I've never considered myself to be an emotional person. And Mm -hmm. my daughter and I laugh about that. She'll say, you know, all the girls on the team are crying and she's like, sorry, I feel sad, but I don't have real tears. And that was me. I just never been a big crier. So that has been a shift in midlife as well mm-hmm. to discover something I'm not used to, and maybe wasn't happy about having emotions. My daughter said something to the effect of like, emotions just get in the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> just get in the way. And so accepting these new emotions Mm -hmm. and learning how to handle them have been a thing for me and being gentle with myself of, is this just a new phase of life? And there's so Mm -hmm. many changes and hormones can be part of it and irritability. Um, so how have you experienced emotions changing?
0: I think it was, um, actually probably I was about 46 or 47 when, um, my third out of my four children were he was, it was approaching his senior year and I found myself so weepy and I couldn't figure out why, because I had already launched two kids, right? I had two kids in college already. And um, one was actually out of college and I still had two kids at home, but I was crying all the time. And, and that's when I, re- I started really looking for resources. Like, am I the only midlife mom who's crying? Where are the resources for midlife moms? And I kind of went back to Irma Bonbeck because I remember my mom. I was the youngest at home, and I I saw my mom kind of go through a lot of her midlife stuff. So I um, I really searched, and that's why when I was I wrote Fledge really for moms in midlife while your family is changing Mm -hmm. because I just I found myself so emotional. Mm -hmm. I was um, I was grieving a lot, which is now what I realize it was, but but then happiness too. Like you're just really emotional. It's all mixed together. It's all mixed together, but then also the irritability. So that's something you just mentioned. I find myself now more irritable and I don't, you know, it's kind of like, um, when you're pregnant, you can blame a lot of stuff on like, you know, Oh, I'm pregnant. And so now it's kind of like, Oh, well, maybe I can throw this all on menopause. Um, I'm saying, well, I'm menopausal. This is what the list. This is what Mayo Clinic says, but irritability. I even, I like, I, I'm even snappy at my dogs, which is a big thing because my dogs are kind of my comfort. And, um, but I don't know, are you ever
1: irritable? Yeah. I feel like irritability is probably more my natural bent Uh than emotional. So watch out family. No. And part of it too, is for me recognizing that. And, and I even started tracking my cycles because I discovered the irritability becoming worse. So there's an app on my phone and my watch Uh now that will buzz and let me know, you know, five, six, seven days. Oh, that's why I'm so grumpy. And, And to give myself a little bit of grace, but also awareness to just, sometimes I just need to go for a walk, take a deep Mm -hmm. breath, remove myself from a situation, you know, in the household. So that's a big one for me, just paying attention to my body and my cycle and knowing when I just need to walk away.
0: And I think just having the permission to say those things to the people around you. I know that when, um, when my kids are in the house, in fact, for several years, um, I would, when may would approach, I would really get anxious because my, my kids who were in college would be coming home. My husband, who's a teacher would be home for the summer. And then all the kids who were at school during, you know, the school day would be home. And I remember one time, actually, we were in a writing group together and I was up, I was kind of running away to grand Rapids for a weekend. I was like, oh, I'm going up there for Friday. I'm just going to stay overnight and spend some time because that next week, everyone was going to be home for the summer. And my kids have really known I do better when I have time and space away. I'm not as irritable. And I actually went away for the weekend and my daughter actually surprised me and came home that weekend. And she was in school in Virginia and she, she like called me and she's like, mom, where are you? I was like, I'm in Grand Rapids. She's like, I'm like, where are you? She's like, I'm in your kitchen. I'm like, you're in my kitchen. She's like, yeah, I came home to surprise you. And I was mortified because I literally was like running away so that I could be a better mom, better person for the summer. And then I'm like, I can't even run away from my daughter who lives four states away, but it's a real, um, I think knowing ourselves is so important and knowing that you need that space. So I remember I was
1: with you when that phone call came, but what you did after that is you recognized, maybe I don't need to actually leave. And you created a space here on your beautiful property where we are. You kind of cleared some area and your husband Mm -hmm. helped helped you so that you could have a retreat even where in your own home, right. In your own space.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't
1: need to be a, a major getaway, no. but even just a, within your own town or your own home, yeah. this is my spot.
0: Yeah. And I think that's essential for women, um, because it's not really about your children leaving. So we, we kind of, sometimes we talk about the empty nest and it's really kind of a, um, a misnomer because, your nest truly may or may not be empty. You know, their kids may be physically living in your house and, and even your husband. So my husband and I now are home by ourselves during the school year. And I've had to tell him, it's not that I don't want to be with you, but when I'm with people all day long, I, I really don't want to, I don't want to engage in conversation. I just truly need time, you know, a little bit of time by myself, but time with God is also important too. So let's finish up our talk today about spiritual health. And this ties into having a retreat
1: space of your own. You'll probably hear the science. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We live in a small home by choice with a small yard. And I discovered quickly, I needed a escape Mm -hmm. space. And so I have a place that I can walk to. It's a beautiful little spot along the river in the woods that I discovered. That's my retreat space. When I'm feeling irritable, when I'm feeling frustrated, anxious that I go to, to be with God. Mm -hmm. And it's this very special little section of trail that I will just go on a walk by myself. And I will sit in that spot just to be quiet, to pray, to listen. And it's become this sacred space for me Mm -hmm. that every time I'm there, even if I'm on a hike with my family, I'm like, oh, this is like my meeting place with God. And so recognizing that I need those times alone and being creative and finding that space. And it may not be That you get a retreat every week, right? (laughs) And you've told me this. Sometimes we have to pick and choose. Maybe our time, our spiritual time with God, each day isn't as long as we would Mm -hmm. like it to be because we're still we need sleep. Our Mm -hmm. bodies need care for. We need to get kids out the door or all the things going Mm -hmm. on. So what what you need to do to maintain, and then maybe having a longer time Mm -hmm. on the weekend or every other week where you can take a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and have some time.
0: Yeah. And I think what you just said reminded me, we haven't, we didn't talk about sleep earlier, but that's something for me that I've realized um, kind of, I was always a runner as you were too during my thirties and and early forties. And then there came a point where I just needed sleep, like in order for me to be at my peak person, just physically, I really need I need, when I'm tired, I need to go to bed, but then that also means I give up then some of that time with God. You know, if I really need to sleep until when the alarm goes off, um, then I, sometimes I'm choosing sleep over quiet time. But what I've tried to do is kind of look at my week and think about when are the times that I can have time with God. So Mm -hmm. for myself, there's usually, um, maybe just two mornings a week where I actually really try to protect that time. So whether that's Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon, if I work all week or for me, um, I'm able to do that on one of the two days of the week where I'm not at school. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really try to protect that time with God.
1: And one of the things too, I've learned is to have different expectations for what my time with God looks like. Mm -hmm. I used to think it needed to be me at my kitchen table with my journal and my pen and my Mm -hmm. Bible and 30 to 45 minutes. But I have found I can have really meaningful time with God while I'm taking a walk around the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. while I'm driving to work. I've found listening to the Bible on audio while Mm -hmm. I'm folding laundry, while I'm doing dishes for me, sometimes in this phase of life is even better because I get fidgety. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. used to be so fidgety. And so if I'm doing something while reading, listening to scripture or talking Mm -hmm. to God, I find that active phase of being with him while doing something else actually helps me focus better.
0: That's a great, that's a really great. I'm actually intrigued by that because as an educator, I love seeing how people learn. And so that may be a conversation we'll have to have once we're done with the podcast, but we do want to wrap up our time here with just really, um, some practical encouragement for all of you that, whether it be your physical health, mental health, emotional health or spiritual health, all four are important. We didn't even talk about kind of our sexuality or sexual health, which is a whole different topic. I don't even know if I feel comfortable talking about it over a microphone, but um, it is important and it, it does, it is affected by all of these things. Absolutely. Um, So I would suggest Shannon Etheridge's podcast. Um, She has a whole podcast and kind of ministry around sexual health, but what I really want to encourage our um, listeners to do is to really think about um, being where you are. So, one thing that I've learned in midlife that has been helpful is if I'm tired, I need to sleep. Mm-hmm. If I really need to process something because my mind is racing and I'm finding I'm getting anxious about something, then I need to pull away and not do something because I really do need to tend to that. If I, um, am really um, feeling, you know, a, some sadness or some of that melancholy to be able to say to the people around me, uh, whether it's my kids or my, my husband, you know, I'm just, I'm really sad right now, or sometimes even saying the words I'm not doing okay right now. And then just telling them why. And, but then letting them know, like, for me, it's saying like, I'm really okay, but I'm just not doing okay, right now. Mm -hmm. And then this is what I need to be able to speak up for your needs. I was going to say that's so key speaking up for your needs. Yeah. And then what would you suggest for a takeaway?
1: Making time to take care of yourself, whether that is scheduling that mammogram, Mm -hmm. scheduling the annual doctor visit, reaching out to a counselor or spiritual director, Mm -hmm. whatever it is you find you need, make time for yourself because you're valuable your body is valuable. Mm -hmm. Your mind is important. You are as a person, as a whole person Mm -hmm. are valuable and your family needs you and your community needs you and you need you. And so I have a friend who said she had not been feeling well for years, just these irritable, frustrating that she wrote off as you know, I'm I'm midlife, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm aging. And when she did make the appointment discovered that she needed a major surgery and then the grief, you know, like, why didn't I do this sooner? And was able to just encourage and love her through that. So it may not be just that you're tired. It may not Mm -hmm. be just that you're approaching 50. It it may be something that really is significant and needs taken care of. And so take care of yourself.
0: Yeah. Because this is the only body we have. And I think that's what is part of the midlife, maybe blessing is that we do tend to pause and think more about, um, things in itself. Well, we're done with our time together. So we, um, are glad we are able to record together. If you are watching, if you have heard us together, you can actually go to YouTube and watch us live. You can actually see us change our little clothes in between so that you kind of think that we've done this on a different day, but we haven't. Um, but we are actually getting ready to get on the midlife, midlife moms um, a community on Facebook and pray mm-hmm. for them in just a minute. So if you have not joined us there, please do that. We actually take turns praying for prayer requests within the group. We do that live on Fridays and we um, not only just drop the podcast in there, but we have a day of laughter on Wednesday. Um, we do some parenting things on Thursdays. Mondays is kind of a post where we have a discussion about whatever the topic is on the podcast that week. So join us on Facebook midlife mom community. Join us on Instagram, midlife moms podcast. And then you can find Amelia M Rhodes. I have tagged her wrongly. (laughs) (laughs) There's another Amelia Rhodes out there. There's a story about that. There is another Amelia Rhodes and Brenda Yoder speaks. And so we will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks friends. See you next time.